0: Binging on movies with Rebecca and Jason. Are you gonna
1: love 'em or hate 'em? Here, Here comes the binge. Hey everybody, welcome to the binge in which a couple of homos review the latest movie theater releases. I am Jason Leroy
0: and I'm Rebecca Olarte, and today for you we have 3 movies. 3 billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri, Lady Bird and The Square. And as always we're going to rate these movies on a three-tiered scale with binge it being our highest rating. Consume in moderation means it's okay, but it's kind of meh. And send it back means life
1: is just too short for that mess.
0: Um, Jason, time—it keeps on passing. hmm mm-hmm. Um, time after time.
1: Here we are. It's mid-November.
0: Yeah, I thought you were saying the midnight.
1: Like, I guess it's been a
0: while since I got here, but it's. I, I mean, the sun me. is
1: setting earlier and earlier. It could be
0: midnight. It really is midnight.
1: Yeah, it's like it's literally—it's it should not be. It feels like a shock every year. Here's the good thing uh, about it. When it's like this. pitch black by quarter to six, it's, that's absurd. That's absurd. What is
0: this, Iceland? But if only. <laughs> Actually, I'm glad it's not. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> um, I like fish. <laughs> I think that the best part of this transition period between the uh, uh, the days of joy that are long days of summer and the days of utter depression and sadness that are those short days of winter Sure. is that this transition period is where everybody at work Feels like it's six when it's four, and everyone leaves early. Oh yeah, I walk. I was well, Everyone
1: al- just goes home to like cradle their sad lamps and uh, <laughs> try to feel something again.
0: um I was at work a little bit later today. Not not even really. It was like five something, mm-hmm. um, and it was like a ghost day <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, I, w- I was like, and then I got on the highway, and it was it was kind of dead, even though it was raining. I thought naturally, um, that the rapture had come. Sure, um, mm-hmm. because of course I was still here, um, but yeah. no. No, that's not it.
1: There's definitely a a sense of satisfaction that comes with like working and looking outside and seeing that it's now dark. Be like, oh my god, I'm burning the midnight oil here. I'm
0: doing so much. I take my job very seriously. I'm Um, a businesswoman. I have been looking at the Abercrombie and Fish website for two and a half Mm -hmm. hours now. Time
1: has flown. It has flown. Um, uh, is that just
0: a cart full of cardigans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Never and pull the trigger on it, though. Which
1: is not so. There you go. You host me to show for your day.
0: <laughs>
1: no one can take that away from you.
0: Um, what's going on with you?
1: Well, thanks for asking. Uh, last week, I went to New Orleans for the first oh, time.
0: Oh, the Big Easy goes to the Big Easy.
1: That's right. Uh, binge in the Big Easy. That was my week. I was there with Scott. He was there for a work conference and uh which is a it's 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 a world that is that is exotic to me because in my profession of you know prostitution we don't have conferences no and uh and so we don't get to like there's no um I think my employer thinks that it is peerless in a way that would render (laughs) such conferences kind of null and void and so like not once not Once have I ever been like invited to a work conference
0: I mean the thing is that they have them they just don't invite you (laughs) (laughs) is the issue
1: Um, and which like I said I've never once been invited so story still stands I decided I wanted to go and crash Scott's because he was going to be having like a hotel room anyway in New Orleans that his job was paying for so I'm like I'm going to fucking go and um, so I did my usual Lonely Planet, like, crash course preparation before I... visit. Lonely Planet. Visit. I do... I use Lonely Planet. Hmm. Um, I read the... Why? Is Let's that, take this
0: offline. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to plug another travel website until I get some sponsorship <gasps> money, but I have some recommendations.
1: Well, I... Yeah. So, and the funny thing is, like, I read the books and then I become, I think probably one of my greatest uh, insecurities in life is is that kind of being a noob who doesn't know anything... Uh, mm, really? Type situation because uh, you want to be a know-it-all uh, because I like to yeah, I just don't want to be that guy who's like huh? I don't want to have to ask the question I want to, I want to know I want to be like I have inside knowledge already and uh, <laughs> it's and, okay
0: to be like Hey I don't know this thing
1: Well this is where this is where my fragile masculinity comes into play mm-hmm, You know yeah. men never ask for
0: instructions News and, alert listeners
1: Yeah just yeah just getting
0: hip to this now <laughs> Go ahead
1: <laughs> and so I like so I like commit Lonely Planet to memory. And then on top of that, I started to realize that people pronounce like street names in New Orleans really weird ways.
0: Oh, did you do the the Houston
1: no, debacle? It wasn't the Houston debacle this time. No, I, I didn't realize that how insane it could get until one of my cross streets at the hotel was very plainly the word Burgundy. But there they pronounce it Burgundy, ah.
0: which is just anarchy.
1: Honestly, it's anarchy. <laughs> that's that's Burg- Burgundy. This is not a question of like regionals. It's not a question of like etymology. That's just a stupid way of saying the word Burgundy. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but they say Burgundy there. So I like looked up. I, I started to look. I'm like, well, how the fuck do you pronounce all these other words? And uh, so I found like a thrillist article that was like a mm. guide to pronunciations, and then I like committed them to memory and like went way overboard trying to like use them with locals uh and traveling
0: sounds so unnecessarily difficult for you mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and uh so i'm just like i already know the things i know the meetings are called neutral ground uh and then i start <laughs> trying to like lecture my friends who live there um, oh my god because you know they have um there they have that thing the go cups uh, oh
0: yeah like vegas uh
1: yeah kind of except for like it's a lot more normal there they just have like Plastic cups, like sitting in the corner of every bar, you can just like dump, you know, dump your drink into it and walk outside and take oh, it yeah, around. That makes sense. And uh, and I I'm was like, and I was like confirming with them slash showing off that I already knew this and because i you just
0: take somebody's glass out of their hand and just pour your drink into it
1: i was like well i know about the uh, i'm like the to go cups or whatever i like oh yeah go cups and i was like <laughs> i was like i was like yeah yeah um go cups and i know and i know that i know that you can take it outside and i know that it's bad form <laughs> to, to take it into someone else's bar you got to finish it before you go in and they both look at me and they're like oh no that's not true and i'm like i think it's true And they're like, no, it's not. It's that. That's no. Like that's no bars that if a bar didn't let you bring a go cup in, then people wouldn't go to that bar. And I'm like, (laughs) but lonely planet said that you're not allowed to take in the cup. So I was like, you're amazing. I was repeatedly stymied in my attempts to like assert my expertise in a place I'd never been before.
0: (laughs) This is so perfect. (laughs) Uh, So
1: that was tough. Um, We also got swindled our very first day by like apparently the oldest hustle in the book. Uh, and this This was This was something So Someone
0: ask you to go Like alligator wrestling Well
1: no, no um, That That was as advertised uh, But no We were walking around Jackson Square And um, And we had seen A few We'd seen like One person already uh, Cost some tourists And been like Hey let me If You know Let me tell you Where you got your shoes Let me tell you Where you got your shoes um, You know Like <laughs> I, I know where you got your shoes Let me tell you Where you got your shoes And you know If I'm right Then you have to You know, you know you can Give me a dollar Or whatever and we're like, oh, 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 street hustlers. And then we were walking around, and then we just like sort of decided to walk down this alley. And there were a bunch of people sitting kind of at the end of the alley. Mm. Um, and I decided to be trusting and be like, we're fine. And uh, and then uh, this this middle aged woman stood up and serve um, was like, well, I know that these handsome gentlemen. Uh, I'm like, go on. Oh my god. This
0: is um, exactly all of your triggers. Yeah, yeah,
1: she got she had me dead to rights. And she's like, Well, I know these handsome men in their great shoes are gonna let me play this game. And she's like, It's a New Orleans tradition. It's a New Orleans tradition. Uh she's like, I'm gonna tell you where you got your shoes. And we're like, Oh, uh, oh and we're looking at each other like, mm, okay, we'll humor this. And um and then so uh and she's like when and, and then before we knew it, she was like on her knees also trying to like clean our shoes. That made me very uncomfortable. What kind of shoes were you wearing? We were wearing sneakers. Okay. Um, so and thought... she, and she had some sort of like little lotion that she would like squirt on the shoe and kind of like dab at it. Mm. And she was like she was like on her knees on the cement and would like take our feet and put them on her bare knee. And I was like, I'm very uncomfortable with all of this, but like we're kind of on her turf right now, so we're just gonna do what she says. And. Um, and then she was like, uh, "She's like, and you know what? Uh, she's like, and if you're happy, then it's, uh, she's like, going give to you, give you a shoe wash. And, uh, and I'm going to tell you exactly where you got your shoes. You ready for me to tell you? You ready for me to tell you? And we're like, uh-huh. And she's like, you got them on your feet. And we're like, oh. oh and she's like, because I didn't say where you bought them. I said where you got them. And where you got them is on your feet. And we're like, that's true. And you're like, that's uh, true.
0: actually, it's in your teeth. And then you kicked her in the face. <laughs> And that's why you're is, on the lamb.
1: not welcome back in new orleans <laughs> um and so then i started to get like i was like okay let me just like give her five dollars and like speed this up and she saw me reaching her money and she was like was like no she's like do not reach for your money until i'm done with my job you don't pay someone until they're done with their job and I'm like
0: so then she started scolding you this is really everything you this is exactly what you wanted to pay for oh
1: absolutely and so uh so then she's like so she finishes up like dabbing scott sneakers and she's like okay she's like that'll be ten dollars each and we're like, <laughs> and Scott's like, ten dollars. I'm like, okay, I got it. So I gave her twenty, and um, and she's like, okay, now where's yours to Scott? And he's like, well, he just paid for me, and, and we're we're all talking to each other. We all now understand that this was a ruse. And yeah, so, Scott, yeah, and so yeah, Scott's yeah. like, he paid for me, and she's like, that was his money. I need your money. Oh boy. Yeah. And so he gave her ten dollars, and she was like, and for the other foot, and then we we're like, and then we were just kind of like, no and uh and then we just kind of were able to walk away successfully uh without being attacked wow, so way
0: to uh escape a middle-aged woman yeah. uh, without being attacked Jason. Well, well,
1: well no she there were like six guys sitting right behind her on the steps ah, i see yes mm-hmm. uh so we were like let's just play along we can afford it <laughs> uh just a donation yeah. just a donation think of it as a donation uh, and that, and so we just kind of like hurried along, like the that was right along the riverfront of the Mississippi. And so we just kind of like scuttled along, our like big unwieldy white bodies, like hurrying away <laughs> as quickly as possible. And uh, you went
0: back to Lonely Planet immediately and said, "That's not that was, that was about to go cups, You were misleading people." I know.
1: And I texted my friend Emily who lives there, and I was like, well We just fell for the shoe hustle and shoe package?" She's like, "Oh no, no one told you." <laughs> I'm like, "No, no one did. Lonely Planet didn't tell me about the fucking shoe hustle." But they sure tell me bad information about Go cops. So anyway. <laughs> I
0: feel like uh, all of your uh, terribleness is justified in your ability to make fun of yourself. <laughs> Thank I you. really appreciate this tale.
1: <laughs> I try. Um, Rebecca, what's up with you?
0: Um, let me see. Okay. Well, first of all, I want to share um, some goodness in the world with all this terrible, uh, all the terrible stories that we hear every day. Mm-hmm. Let's take a moment to appreciate the new um, single. Actually, it's not a single. Well, this, this is a new EP. Um, by these two Swedish producers that are called B.C. Unidos. And there's a song on there by Carly Rae Jepsen called Trouble in the Streets. And it is fucking amazing.
1: Uh, Rebecca played this song for me in the car <sighs> last night after a movie screening. And we literally just sat in the car and danced the entire time.
0: We, we If you've seen the gif of, uh, of Army Hammer dancing oh, yeah. in Call Me By Your Name, we basically reenacted that, but sitting down. Fully, um, fully. It Which was... sitting
1: down somehow made it even sadder.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You couldn't tell how small we were. That's true. Um, That song, this song is a treat and a delight, and you should check out the whole EP. It's fantastic.
1: Highly recommend.
0: We do things other than watch movies.
1: Yeah, sometimes we dance in cars.
0: And sometimes we get into deep confrontations with local merchants about <laughs> uh, flawed credit card practices.
1: Yes, that is true. Guys, mm-hmm. last night, um, before the movie screening, after which we had our car dance to so the Carly Rae Jepsen song, um, Rebecca was running a bit late, and she said to me... Uh, running late, trying to get a refund at Good Vibrations,
0: <laughs> which is, um, is it a, it's, not, it's a local chain, right?
1: Yeah, Good Vibrations is like a, a Bay Area mm-hmm. uh, co-op sex toy organization mm-hmm. that's very queer friendly and very sex positive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, tends to be sort of like I would say predominantly lesbian in staff and customer base, uh, but but is but is has stuff for everyone.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like I see a lot of. Uh, Couples of all mm-hmm. um of all shapes and sizes. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's right. Uh, of all stripes. Yes. There we go. That's uh, the, all the stripes. That's the vertical, horizontal, agnostic descriptor. But yeah, a... <laughs> I mean, they're you know they're yeah they're co op. There's you know it's supposed it's... to be a place you can go in and feel safe about all of the things that you would feel uncomfortable.
1: Super about. San Francisco business. Right. Like could not be more San like old San Francisco, not like tech San Francisco. And so when Rebecca texted me and said that she was too late because she was trying to haggle or refund at Good vibrations, I thought that she okay, was also, joking. Okay, also, I never
0: said haggle. I don't haggle.
1: <laughs> I thought that she was making a joke because that sounded like, you know, we were just saying that I can make fun of myself. I was like, oh, <laughs> she's doing like a lesbian joke about herself.
0: <laughs> That's so hilarious. That I finally showed up to meet you and there I am sweating. Um and just like I was sweating so much like through my shirt and like through my I had to take my sweater off, my jacket off. It was really embarrassing. I'm, I'm not a big sweater, <laughs> but when I get nervous, um well, you know. Um and so I was nervous cuz I'm not usually very confrontational, um but uh I I, don't know, I guess I'm very lucky that things don't usually push me to the point where I get upset. Um, just me. Just, well, yeah, <laughs> just you. That's a little different. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. They're just uh, you know, it was just a mistake. It's a, it was a technical mistake. She, where they, she um, wasn't
1: joking, guys. She really was <laughs> at Good Vibrations fighting with uh fighting with the staff um, about a refund. That was a genuine thing that she was doing. Yeah.
0: Okay. So let me. Now I feel like I need to clarify the story because I think that if you're going to say like I want a refund at a at a uh, sex story shop, yeah. you're going to everyone well, who listening is listening will say like, of course you can't get a refund.
1: I ran with a variety of uh, of options uh, <laughs> in text responses to her for what the refund could be. So feel free to create your own and tweet them to her (laughs) at (laughs) At fight Fight balance Balance. thank
0: you yeah um but the the issue was just that um i I had gone in there uh, about a month ago um with my partner and we um you know like any good couple uh we split the bill Mm -hmm. um but there was just a technical error and her card got double charged so um i was trying to you know we've been trying to like write to them and they were like oh you need to call and then i called and then they were like didn't write call back and so i was like oh, i'll be in the neighborhood meeting jason for a movie let me go in there um and then the, the most surprising part was they're like the one person to the other i said hey my name is reka uh i wrote to you about this refund thing um so the refund isn't for actual returned items it's just to refund the double charge let mm-hmm. make that very clear yes and the one the one salesperson said to the other salesperson across the store Rebecca's here. <laughs> I wasn't expecting <laughs> as a response. She,
1: she finally got her norm moment from Cheers. I
0: did, yeah. Um, where everybody knows my name. <laughs>
1: um,
0: and a cheapskate
1: who wants our money back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be known as a cheap lesbian is really not really the bottom of the barrel. Like, oh, it's a lesbian that doesn't tip. <laughs> No, i try to be nice and like you know it's not their fault necessarily it's not my fault of course and um i don't know they're just kind of like you know not being you when you see that opportunity where you're like hey um it's not your fault it's not my fault and if you are the person who works there um and it's not actually any of your money um you should be like super nice and maybe a little apologetic about what's going on and and they're just kind of being a little you know kind of making me uh go do a lot of leg work um a lot of hoops a lot of hoops to to jump through um so i'm just a little disappointed in that and i try to balance you know trying to be um affable uh while also trying to be Stern. assertive <laughs> yeah um i think i started the, the
1: lesbian balancing act aka Is. Because it's a kind of a funny throwdown because you know, customer service, good customer service is the domain of lesbians, it is,
0: it absolutely is, demanding it and, uh, yeah, and, and providing it. And provide. I mean, I only, you only expect mm-hmm. what you know you can give. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know exactly how I would act in this in this situation, yes. Um, but these
1: lesbians were being difficult,
0: yeah. I mean, yeah, they weren't being easy, is the thing, and it's just uh,
1: now, did they or did they not make march you around the store and make you show oh, them? Oh, yeah. All the things that you had purchased.
0: Because the thing is, like, I don't have my receipt. She's like, stocked up, guys. It's not the kind of place you save a receipt because it's not the kind of place you return anything ever. So you get home, you take everything out of all of its boxes. You have put hundreds them in new of ones. boxes. <laughs> you put it in a new ones. You buy it at <laughs> IKEA. Um, they have a section for that. It's just you can't tell because it's in Swedish. Um, uh, and you throw that away. No rubber it, it keeps that around? It, most of it's recyclable. So they were like, oh, if you know the receipt, like, basically, um, you know, like, when you do a wedding registry at Target, and you have the little gun, and you, like, go around, and you're like, it was like that, but in the sex, sex toy shop, and it was very bizarre. She like, has this little notepad. I'm like, okay, it's this one, and she's, like, writing down that name. She's like, and then that one, and she's, like, writing down that name, and she's, like, putting all these descriptors. I was like, don't you guys have SKUs? Isn't there, like, a barcode? What is this? Um, so, and then she gives me the list and says, okay, email us with this. It's <laughs> like I should have just wrote it down to begin with. Looking anyway, to all the
1: world, like all the world, like you're setting up a lesbian wedding registry. Um,
0: <laughs> I, um, I'll follow up with how this story goes. They called me yeah. today because uh, I did wrote, I emailed them last night with all the information they requested, all the screenshots of the bank accounts. Which, which, blah, why blah. did
1: you need to email them when they were the ones literally taking the information from you?
0: Yeah, they did. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> because they needed to go to their manager. So I emailed, and then they called me today. Um and, and they were like oh we need to see you know this with we need to see the transaction in this bank account and I was like I literally have two screenshots that are labeled bank name underscore last name of the person underscore good vibes so I may I try to make it a, anyway it'll be fine it's going to be fantastic um it's uh, we,
1: should we encourage a boycott of good vibes no
0: let's not go there yet let's okay. not go there yet okay um but so you know they're what?
1: making you feel like you're a criminal
0: I know. It's just like the one place You want to feel really safe Right exactly It's like their jam is like It's like the square <laughs> And that brings us To our last movie of the week <laughs> The square um, I mean I blew up a kitten In that restaurant that store I hope that's not an issue uh, I'll, I'll, I'll update I'll update this thread With how it, yes, uh, I know. how it shakes down Yes
1: I know I know you're all Going to be waiting mm-hmm. yeah, To wait. hear how the Good situation breath. Shakes out
0: And then she's like uh, Are you enjoying you're, Your purchases hold on that doesn't mean you get to charge me extra for them I mean yes of course I am they're fantastic but like
1: you're like listen they're foolproof you don't get to take credit for that no yeah you didn't make them exactly the issue is not the purchases and you know that (laughs) don't be obtuse (laughs) this misdirection Um...
0: Uh, Gaslighting what is what it is, really. I, oh my god, I'm being gaslighted by yeah, good vibes. You should
1: tell them, be like, you know what you're doing is kind of
0: Trumpian.
1: and then maybe that would like shame them into being like just giving the money back right away and being right. like, we're so sorry.
0: You know, when big vibrator gets their fingers in the <laughs> <laughs> in my wallet, big dildo. Yeah, <laughs> get really upset. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh shit. Okay, let's talk about movies. Let's shall do we? it. Let's do um, it. The first movie. Of our week is uh, three billboards outside of Eving, Missouri, which is our pick of the week.
1: Pick of the week! Pick of the week! Pick, pick, pick is the
0: pick pick of of the week! week. After months have passed without a culprit in her daughter's murder case, Mildred Hayes makes a bold move, painting three signs that lead into her town with a controversial message directed at William Willoughby, the town's revered chief of police. When his second in command, Officer Dixon, a racist, immature mother's boy with a penchant for violence, Gets involved, the battle is only exacerbated.
1: And as sad as the spectacle of these billboards might be, this reporter, for one, hopes this finally puts an end to the strange saga of the three billboards outside.
0: doesn't put of an, an end to shit, you fucking retard. This is just a fucking start. Why don't you put that on your Good Morning Missouri fucking wake-up broadcast, bitch? a pretty good snapshot of uh, of three billboards, wouldn't you say?
1: I think it gives you a pretty good sense of uh, of, of what you're signing up for, uh, attitude-wise.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: From this movie.
0: Um, so here we have Frances McDormand uh, in the leading role of... Mildred. In the leading role of Hayes. Mildred Hayes. Um, a woman whose daughter was raped and murdered. Um, and we come into this story about a year after that's happened. And she's trying to purchase these billboards. Um, we come in right there.
1: She's very frustrated that the police have not made any movement. It's gone cold, mm-hmm. and um, and in the meantime, uh, while they have been making no progress on her daughter's case, what they have done is come under fire for racialized violence. Right. And uh, and so she uh, gets fed up. She it's a so we have a small town here. This
0: is like the smallest of the small it's, towns. It's a
1: fictional fictional town. But with like. Um,
0: Five police officers.
1: Yes, and everyone knows everyone super, super well, mm-hmm. and has known everyone for decades,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so there's a there's a great familiarity all the characters have with each other, mm-hmm. both 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 you know affectionate and um, critical,
0: and both at the, with they same both people the same time, yeah,
1: same time, same breath, and uh, and so to uh, to sort of force their hand a little bit, Mildred decides to rent these three billboards um, that say the first one says raped while dying the second one says still no arrests the third one says how come chief willoughby and they are in that order on a road on the way into town chief willoughby is played by woody harrelson mm-hmm. in a terrific performance finally just it's been just, a minute it's peak. it's really it's it's to me this is like a, a time capsule woody harrelson performance the funny thing is that he's really the third biggest performance story in the movie and he's gotten no attention for it whatsoever but because that's because the other two are so amazing but he is perfect in this movie
0: it it plays that perfect balance that he has of Mm -hmm. being so affable Mm -hmm. um and warm and at the same time being like so um uh masculine and gruff the way he balances that it's anti-wilson it is the mm-hmm. anti-Wilson completely. Mm-hmm. God, that even makes this makes Wilson seem even more of a tragedy and a yes. waste of time.
1: Yes, even more of a dog fart is the word that <laughs> just just came to mind. <laughs> I don't the know the word why. I'm looking Wilson for. Makes dog, makes Wilson oh, that was it. It was right there. A real dog fart.
0: So this uh, this billboard situation shakes up the entire town, and everyone has opinions on it. Um, the uh, local priest comes to her house to. Uh, advise her to take it down and everyone in town loves Chief Chief Willoughby and he's also dying of cancer yes and everybody knows it
1: and he has a he has a young wife and two young daughters mm-hmm. um, the wife is a strange that was the, the weirdest part of the it's story it's probably the weakest link of the story yes is his wife is played by Abby Cornish the mm-hmm. young Australian actress young-ish and heavy uh, okay, Cornish is youngish yeah she's she, Cornish, she, yeah, the youngish Cornish <laughs> um, plays his uh, his dewy wife it's and just, she's at least 20 years his junior which is fine but she's so gorgeous and she has she doesn't change her accent and so you're just like why right. does this middle-aged sheriff in a shit town in Missouri have like a gorgeous model Australian wife
0: right that it just seems, doesn't it story doesn't really make any sense
1: they have a sweet chemistry together but it is it, cute but it is she weird. also
0: is very flat she's like basically just the cute young wife yeah she doesn't have a lot of, and she goes through a time mm-hmm. uh, but um yeah it's, there's really not much comes of her yeah but I mean so, I guess it's like but
1: it does humanize him further uh, as the story progresses yeah absolutely and, and so essentially what we have here is what this is the these are the shots fired from Mildred these billboards um which then sets into motion a sort of escalating back and forth war mm-hmm. between Mildred and the police department
0: and you have her and her friends, the store that she works at. And they you know, they like arrest her friends. Um, and one of the chief instigators of On the Side of the Police is played by Sam Rockwell and this mm-hmm. Officer Dixon. Officer Dixon. Who is the number two size performance in this movie. Yes. He basically plays a man-child idiot. Yes. Um who is incredibly racist mm-hmm. um, and lives with his mother who's played by the woman who plays Charlie's mother and it's always sunny. <laughs> Not
1: Charlie's mom, uh, oh, mom. Max,
0: Max, Max's mom. Oh, Max's mom. In was the same role. In,
1: and she was in Napoleon Dynamite as well.
0: Oh, right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, she's perfect for this. Mm-hmm. Um, Great and, casting. And, the, and their relationship is very interesting. He lives with his mother. She very much manipulates him. He's just, he's really is as dumb as you could possibly be. It's it's bizarre that he's at all a functioning adult. Um, mm. And he is incredibly violent and aggressive.
1: Yes. Although the interesting thing with the character, uh, with the arc of Officer Dixon, is that for the first half or so of the movie, he seems almost harmless.
0: Right. We, right. We, we
1: see that he is very racist and that he says very offensive things. But pretty much every character in this movie says a lot of offensive things. Right. Uh, people use... I would characterize the characters. I would characterize the characters in this movie as behaving in extreme ways yes this is an extreme movie Mm -hmm. people do extreme things they say extreme things and uh at moments at least for me uh you know i was like as caught up in all the excitement as i was i was like this is a little over the top as you heard in the clip you
0: played from the (laughs) beginning (laughs)
1: um so people say and do very extreme things in this movie so that's just kind of and that's the filmmaker or director is martin mcdonough who previously made In Bruges and Seven mm, Psychopaths right. uh-huh. and that's just kind of his style and so. I can't
0: tell if it's like and I don't know if it's because Francis McDormand is such the strong lead boss of this movie that a lot of it feels like it goes it doesn't feel as um, problematic as like Quentin Tarantino movies do mm-hmm. uh, where you're like I mean, in, in, in this world, everything kind of at, at one level. So it's like, OK, I'm going to take all these people to space level. It's not like one person's, you know, uh, you know, normal, relatable and the rest are like awful. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe it's because it's her uh, that kind of makes everything seem a little bit easier to digest. And like yeah. I'm, I felt like I was able to have more fun with it than I would have if it was. That's not interesting. Like her.
1: I was curious to know. I honestly did not have any. For me, it was a toss up which way you were going to go on it. Really? So, so I saw this movie twice in Toronto, ding, ding, and then I saw <laughs> it a third time since then in San Francisco. Rebecca went to a separate screening than I did. And um, this movie, some there's been some criticism that it wants us to sympathize with a white racist, violent cop.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. And-
1: I don't necessarily. I mean, what do you? What's what's your I take didn't on that? Feel right like, away, I didn't
0: feel that at all. Um, I felt like, if anything, it was an interesting story to watch his, his change mm-hmm. um, through extreme circumstances. Very extreme there, circumstances. Uh, it's again like imagine the most sleepy town mm-hmm. suddenly becomes this like incredibly this, like, violent world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it becomes Westworld. Yeah,
1: no. I mean, I think that uh, I think that even even the argument that the argument that there should not be uh a movie line like this one i think kind of misses the point because i would never say like i would never say to let's say okay the argument could be well uh, uh, what do audiences of color care about a white racist cop being redeemed um and i would say to that like yeah of course like i would never tell an audience of color that they should care about that but at the end of the day the problem is white racist cops right and so right, right, right. Th- so and you can't just ignore the problem because the problem shouldn't exist the problem does exist mm-hmm. and so i think what this movie does through the storyline of dixon is confront that problem head mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. through storytelling
0: right and show yeah. and
1: show a way that you could try to sort of get to the the humanity um at the core of a person like dixon and uh, sam rockwell illustrates all of this so gorgeously with his performance
0: and, yeah, I don't think the issue is that you are supposed to feel... Yeah, I guess I didn't feel at all like you're supposed to sympathize with him. Like, I thought that his character changed, mm-hmm. but I wasn't like, oh, I hated him and now I like him. Like, I still right. think he was awful. At the end of the mm-hmm. day, they leave on their way to go maybe do some atrocious things. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just I, all of the characters go through uh, a lot of changes. And if anything, it was a, a wo- one woman's kind of solitary, uh, uh, tumultuous feelings that she just put on shared with the rest of the town and they all and things turned out in different ways they like shook up in different ways Mm -hmm. um you had an observation like he felt uh, yeah i didn't think he was redeemed necessarily at all he made some changes Mm -hmm. um if anything it was maybe a little unbelievable that he became like slightly more competent than he was in the beginning right yeah because it literally seemed beyond his capacity to do basic things
1: and he uh, and he does sort of you know he does some self-sacrifice uh along the way uh Mm -hmm. to try to get things and um, unfortunately that self-sacrifice is connected to, in my opinion, what the weakest part of the film is, which is a sort of red herring story, uh, character, uh, that shows up for reasons that are never explained. Oh, uh, th- yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and is ultimately sort of, uh, pointless, uh, that's sort of it's a convenient. sort of like I I still don't know technically what a MacGuffin is, but I feel like this guy is a MacGuffin.
0: Um, so there's this character that comes in and threatens Francis McDorman. Mm-hmm. Um, there's after... all the
1: details of her case, mm-hmm.
0: and then um, later you kind of think that he's going to maybe be the culprit. Uh, you're wondering how he's involved at all. Um, he says he's a friend of Willoughby's, um, which is why he's kind of uh, harassing her. And then it kind of ends nowhere with him. Yeah, I think that it it makes a little yeah. bit of sense in that. It, it pointed to where they end, where the story ends up um I was also wondering if they were gonna wrap that up it wasn't super clean but it didn't bother me
1: yeah like I there's uh and, and we're kind of getting a little detailed about the final act of the movie mm-hmm. with this stuff but um but you know there if, 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 if there had just been if it had been that character's entire everything had been the same but minus the scene where he intimidates her in her store and suddenly knows all the details if yeah that it, was if kind it, of odd if it had just been Dixon, um, having this encounter with him in the bar, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, then, you know, then I would have been like, okay, that all, that makes sense. Yeah, sure. You'll overhear a story. You think it's the story. It's not the story. Um, so, but you know, and that all also conveniently gives us the thing that leads into the final scene of the film, but
0: Mm -hmm. I'm like, I really want to be very delicate about not spoiling this one, but I do have more thoughts, but I, maybe we'll talk about it at a later date. Um, when more people have maybe seen it. So Um,
1: you had a terrific observation about, Frances McDormand's character <laughs> and, uh, and what she made you appreciate about like older cinema.
0: I just like I felt when I left this that I understood why um, my, my dad liked Clint Eastwood or hmm. older men liked like John Wayne. Like if you could see a character like that um, and like kind of identify with that, she is so incredibly cool and badass and funny um and fearless, so intense, savage, so savage, uh, so unafraid. Mm. Um, and I think you know at the point where, uh, you know someone has lost everything, And they do not give a fuck about what happens, uh, to them or anyone else. And yeah. She is just on a mission. She's found a purpose, and uh, that has a very like dirty Harry feel to it. Um, yeah. and she fucking kicks ass. They like, I feel like they shoot her in those same ways where it, mm. you know it's not an action movie, but part- parts of it are like very. Um, we're yeah. done. Like a well-done action movie. Um, even
1: even her sort of grieving scenes are shot in a way mm. where she just sort of like gets so she gets choked up through all of her anger and her pain, uh, in a way that feels like it could be from a western. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, just sitting on the on the corner of the planter next to the billboard, just you know seeing a deer and thinking yeah. about her daughter.
0: Um, uh, it,
1: incredible stuff.
0: The, the the you mentioned the the red herring, the one like kind of bit of a story that could have been cleaner but it's also inter- interesting that there are all these kind of small interactions in this town um you have chief willoughby and his family which you get like a, a thorough um insight into and have there's some really beautiful and terrible moments that happen there mm-hmm. uh, that build the rich story and then you have francis mcdormand and her family you see some flashbacks yes. to when her daughter was still there and she still her has husband, a teenage son so the teenage son played by lucas
1: hedges who's also on ladybird it's lucas hedges week many by, by the, the ceo, CEO.
0: And her husband who's played by uh, John Hawks, Hawks, um, which is another whole other set of characters, which are really funny. He's dating a a new uh, her ex-husband who was abusive. Uh, You only see him what like once or twice. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're incredible performances. He comes in. He continues to have a really abusive energy. He's dating this like 19 year old girl who has like the funniest lines in the movie. Um, So you have these moments of like extreme like violence and fear. And then just like totally broken up by this hilarious moment mm-hmm. of uh, this <laughs> this woman. <laughs> ridiculous dialogue. Um, then you have coming up every here and again, uh, Peter Dinklage. Yep. Who has never looked more hot. Yeah. Uh, he has this great mustache and chest hair thing going on that's really working for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that he he dresses her down at the end. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, um, which is another thing that I was getting a little uncomfortable with, all like the way that he was being referred to. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah.
0: There, are, yeah, it's another point where these movies. There's but, uh, a lot of like yeah people slurs about everything
1: lots of slurs and i feel like this and it's not a condoning by the movie it's just a depiction i believe of the way these characters in the small town missouri would speak and communicate right right um but uh yeah it is it's a movie that is sort of the humor of the movie and like the violence of the movie are both as savage Yes. Uh, yes. yes, like it and it just keeps you on this like it pushes you far with both yeah, with both of those things mm-hmm. about it. And it just takes you from a scene that just is so jarring and disturbing and violent. Um and then it just like shoves you into a scene where you're just scream laughing. Mm-hmm. just like at just at just the gumption
0: uh, Right, the right. audacity. I keep of... calling this movie really ambitious. Mm. Um to me it feels like and I've I've brought this up once already. It feels like how I felt about Quentin Tarantino movies before I realized how wrong a lot of them were, <laughs> mm-hmm. but that kind of like excitement and energy, um, yeah. and and then there are also you know it's definitely the third the third topic, but there are also really emotional moments that um, aren't uh, cloying or no cheesy. no it it earns everything it's
1: not sentimental at all no uh, everything no. that no not even a little bit uh, and I think that I mean you know this movie this movie perfectly encapsulates. Late period, Frances McDormand. Mm, mm -hmm. Because when you think back Mm -hmm. to, there's a very, there's a very good chance that she will win her second Oscar for this movie. I think. I hope. And when you look at the character she played in Fargo twenty years ago, Mm -hmm. and you look at this character, Mm -hmm. could not be more different.
0: Right. They are both.
1: They are both. Despite the fact that they're both like very strong, capable women who are on uh, sort of um, quests, Mm -hmm. uh, determined to um, fight injustice. Yeah. Marge Gunderson in Fargo was like couldn't be sweeter lighter uh, more welcoming warmer and on the other side there's (laughs) Mildred who is who just walks around in the same like mechanics jumpsuit and bandana, kicking
0: teenagers in the crotch,
1: literally kicking multiple teenagers in the crotch, <laughs> uh, which is again one of those things where you're like, this is extreme.
0: There's also, it was all these like funny little twists in the plot that are really interesting. Um, and you, because re- when you said it's not um, trying to be, what did you say? It's not trying to be cheesy or uh, sentimental. It's not trying to be sentimental. Um, like there is this whole scene where um, you know, like a someone who passes away in the movie, um, who's like a, a parent and a, a friend. Uh they're you're reading all these letters that they left after they died and when in a time that could be a very sentimental series of scenes. Mm-hmm. And then there are all these like twists and jokes that happen in there um that make it really interesting and uh, and points really funny. Yeah. Incredibly um,
1: funny. It's it's a it's a it's a laugh through the tears kind of movie, but with but with the humor is so incredibly like biting and aggressive and uh provocative. That, you know, it's not Steel Magnolias. It's not that kind of laugh through tears no, movie. No, 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 no. Um, I think I
0: clapped twice in this movie. I definitely, oh, yeah. like, at the end, I c- couldn't help myself. I was just, like, overwhelmed Ugh. and I had to, like, I had to clap. Uh, and there was, at, at the beginning I clapped. I think there's this part where the, the racist cop um, confronts this black guy, confronts this racist cop. Uh, mm. I think we clapped a little bit there. Yeah. Um, it's a movie that does
1: also have, uh, well, I will say that, like, at the two TIFF screenings I saw that Franz McDormand got, like, 10 applause breaks. Yeah. Uh, nice. but uh, you know it is a movie that that finds uh, when I was first when I was watching the second time I was like oh no is this movie is you know too focused on white characters even though that is sort of like I said like the problem that needs to be addressed um, but you know it does have two uh, supporting black characters who uh, and then it also has um, a black police chief who comes mm-hmm. in in the final act as a reformer mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, which is uh, uh, I believe his name is Clark Peters he was from The Wire and mm, yeah. many other mm-hmm. things and it's great to see so him. good great to see him in the role um, I feel like this movie award season wise is really going to benefit from the moment that we're in.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, because what we have here is a story about a woman who is trying to avenge, uh, a violent rape,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and confronting, um, this sort of, you know, good old boys network of, um, you know, sort of disinterest, uh, right. and of, of incompetence. And
0: yeah. and you know uh, the systematic race yeah racism in, in police mm-hmm. like the, this this guy who is again like barely functioning adult like failing up to be like a police officer mm-hmm. uh, being allowed to carry a gun and like you know lay down the law in town um, yeah it's really there's a lot of hot topics that this touches on yeah. Um, I, I I can't stop talking about this movie. We've seen so many great movies this week, and I cannot get this one out of my head. I can't wait till it comes out so I can see it again. Yeah. Um, This gets a, a binge it plus for me.
1: <laughs> I mean, it is definitely... I think the funny thing about Three Billboards with me is that, like, despite the fact that, you know, I, there are, like, a few little things about it where I'm just like, oh, that could have been, like, just the cumulative experience of watching the movie mm-hmm. and how satisfying and mm-hmm. how cathartic. And how I mean, this is this is a fucking original. It really is. This is an original. Yes. And I love it with my whole heart. And it will almost certainly be in my top five, maybe even top three of the year.
0: Yeah, I've, I need to find somebody that has like I need to find somebody to bring this to, um, mm-hmm.
1: like the assignment,
0: like the <laughs> assignment. Mm-hmm. Um. So three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri is rated R for violence, language throughout, and some sexual references. Uh, And that brings us to our second movie of the week, which is equally as raw and violent, Mm -hmm. um, Greta Gerwig's Lady Bird. is
1: many racial slurs.
0: (laughs) Thank Greta Gerwig. Sacramento. Christine Lady Bird McPherson fights against, but exactly like her wildly loving, deeply opinionated, and strong-willed mom, a nurse working tirelessly to keep her family afloat after Lady Bird's father loses his job. Set in Sacramento, California in 2002, amidst a rapidly shifting American economic landscape, Lady Bird is an affecting look at the relationships that shape us, the beliefs that define us, and the unmatched beauty of a place called home. I hate California. I want to go to the East Coast. I want to go where culture is, well, like New in York, the world did I raise such or a... Or at least small. Connecticut or New Hampshire, where writers busy? live in the Get woods. Get into those schools anyway. Mom!
1: You should just go to City College. You know, with your work ethic, just go to City College and then to jail, and then back to City College, and then maybe you'd learn to pull yourself up and not expect everybody to do everything. <laughs>
0: Lady Bird, is that your given name? Yeah. Why is it in
1: quotes? I gave it to myself. It's given to me by me. Lady Bird always says that she lives on the wrong side of the tracks, but I always thought that that was like a metaphor. But there are actual train tracks.
0: Joan Didion is hot right now, huh? <laughs> Sacramento is really the... coming up.
1: Yeah, both. Both, both. Both trends come into play with Lady Bird, which opens with a Joan Didion quote about Sacramento. So mm-hmm. really, that's the apex. And it really ber- is. Previously, Joan Didion uh, was mocked thoroughly in, in-, in *Ingrid Goes West*,
0: which was amazing.
1: And uh, Sacramento also played prominently in Rebecca's favorite movie of the year, Brad Status*. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Sacramento is really mm-hmm. must be doing some sort of tax break thing.
1: And uh, and and well, in the case of *Lady Bird*, it's because oh, yeah. writer-director Greta Gerwig uh, is from Sacramento. That this is, is a true. semi-autobiographical story about her teen years. And oh,
0: there's also the Joan Didion documentary on Netflix.
1: There is, which I have not watched. I've watched it. Was it good?
0: If you've read any of her stuff that's already autobiographical, it's not um, super revelatory. insightful. But um, access to her right now is really interesting because she's like, maybe it's because she's older, but she doesn't have that like cold aloofness that she always has. And is huh. like really kind of just really open. And hmm. that was like almost unnerving and Ooh. really... Um, I need to watch it again. It was really...
1: She's hit the don't give a fuck stage of aging.
0: Not in like a... Not in an aggressive way. Like in a really like... Vulnerable. Vulnerable way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, your that magical thinking, of me.
1: course, was like such a vulnerable. Yeah, but book. even in
0: her vulnerable writing, I always feel like there's a distance there, mm, right? Okay. It's like very, it's like almost so open that it's about, like, it seems like it's about somebody else.
1: And now we're in Ingrid Goes West.
0: Uh- a <laughs> <laughs> uh, whole new reason to hate us. <laughs> Um, okay, so, so, back. So, yeah, Lady so, Bird. so
1: Greta Gerwig, uh, who is, a uh, you know, terrific actress, uh, making her, her full on filmmaking debut. I think, you know, she made Frances Ha with Noah Baumbach. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is her debut as a solo writer-director, and what a debut it is, mm-hmm. inspired by her own uh, teen years in the early aughts in Sacramento mm-hmm. at a private Catholic high school.
0: Mm-hmm. Catholic, uh, that's another thread thread from last week, right? That's true. I that's true.
1: Had- yeah. Um, and this is, yeah, this is, this is, all, everything's coming up Rebecca.
0: <laughs> this is definitely the more relatable Catholic school experience. Yes.
1: Um, um so we yeah uh, so she is uh lady bird uh is her 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 chosen she calls it her given name because she gave it to herself mm-hmm. uh but it is her uh her chosen name for herself, and she is uh just one she's hitting her senior year and she is ready to fucking move on mm-hmm. and uh and it seems like a certain a certain exuberance sort of takes her over um with the realization that's her senior year and she's like, this is year I'm just gonna fucking go for it
0: yeah she starts to join um theater club drama club. Um, you know It's that also that time In life Where you are at um, Peak antithesis With your parents mm. um, Her and her mother are, Have a very uh, Tumultuous relationship Her um, mother is played
1: By Laurie Metcalf In, in another
0: amazing uh, All-star Where has she been lately? I
1: mean It's far and away To say it's her best film role Is like is obvious because she hasn't gotten a lot of great film roles, which is
0: now clearly a shame. And
1: she is going to be nominated for an Oscar for this, and I will dance a jig the day that she gets that nomination. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and she is uh, could not be better.
0: So good. Um, and you have her father. That's I like mean, a very interesting dynamic. He yeah. loses his job. Yes, um, Tracy
1: Letts plays her father, mm-hmm. and honestly, just just the mother daughter fight scenes deserve like a special category Oscar. It really
0: does, and it, like even it's a, it's like such a um like a teenage girl um antagonism with your mother and then like the father trying to play the nice guy mm-hmm. I and it was relatable in my family at least um it's just played perfectly yeah and it's so it's so um it's so approachable yes um so you have, so you have someone trying to leave their small town yeah we
1: have ladybird going through some romantic ups and downs mm-hmm. sort of she meets
0: once again uh lucas
1: hedges other hot
0: boy to the two hot boys of the moment
1: mm-hmm. lucas, lucas hedges, hedges. and timothy chalamet yeah i need i need a ruling on how that's pronounced i think it's
0: timothy chalamet Chalamet, i think army hammer
1: called him timmy in uh in vulture of course Uh, he did (laughs) timmy timmy Um,
0: because he's also in call me by your name with Mm -hmm. army hammer um which is coming out in december which we will review we just saw uh hard not to talk about that yeah um very hard it oh god um so we have those those two romantic flings we have some some friendships friendships. we have some teenage insecurities around Mm -hmm. where she lives and how much what part of town she's from her Um, her
1: initial best friend is played by Beanie Feldstein who mm -hmm. is amazing She's, She's she's so good she's Jonah Hill's sister Really? Yes. Huh. Apparently that's his actual last name, Feldstein. Well, okay. And uh, and she was also in Neighbors too, which is when I first oh, noticed right. her. Oh, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, She has a really, like, distinct, uh, like, timing. Yes. And presence. And voice. And voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, you just, like, love. Yeah. Love, 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 love her. She's so funny. Mm-hmm.
0: Um... Uh, we have trying to get into college and, and, and by joining these new groups she meets like a whole new cast of characters fun <laughs> mm-hmm. in the drama crew mm-hmm. um, and then the ups and downs of being wanting to go to college and being um, rejected from some um, not just being able to, to, to make York. just wanting to go to a, a big city mm-hmm. um, specifically that one spe- specifically New York um, and not being able to pay for it uh prom and all of the things. But it felt like a very um so we talked about how I don't like teeny movies
1: This is what I want I've been like I okay, so guys this this technically came out last week while we were off mm-hmm. um in San Francisco, but like I knew we needed to talk about it. And just like three billboards, I had no idea which way Rebecca was gonna go on it. <laughs> because if you're a listener of the show, you might know that Rebecca historically is very disparaging toward high school movies mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. because as she'll be the first to tell you, she is an adult.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you remembered. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and this is, can I have my driver's license back? And this is, and this is a, a complete unabashed high school movie. So um, did you,
0: here's where, the thing, Jason. Yeah. Now I'm going to say this once. I don't dislike movies about high school or high schoolers. I dislike movies for high schoolers.
1: Mm. i like how you say it as if you've said that like 20 times
0: this revelation i just
1: had i'm going to say it once so open your fucking ears don't make me once. repeat
0: myself um
1: because we're gonna forget as soon as i say
0: it i already forgot what I said. luckily it's being recorded I'm going to save that clip and just play it again.
1: (laughs) Well, but you know, you say that, but I think the funny thing is, so when I saw this, another one I saw twice at TIFF, ding, ding. Um, and I wasn't being like just that much of a, of like a, a greedy Gus is because Scott came for the final weekend. And I I was like, okay, here are the best movies from the festival. I'll go see them with you. And I'll see them a second time. And it was Mm -hmm. like three billboards, shape of water, lady bird. Um, and so, so, uh, and it was introduced. It was the final movie we saw at the festival, And it was introduced by a bunch of local high school students um, who were in some sort of like TIFF young filmmaker program. um, uh, And they were like, we love this movie because it understands being a teenager in a way that nothing we've ever seen does and so mm. so they felt like mm. super seen and understood by mm-hmm. the movie because I think this is a movie that does not condescend to no. teenagers,
0: right, yeah, absolutely,
1: and it depicts because I think you know when I think that uh you know Greta Gerwig is uh you know she really digs channels i think her high school self mm-hmm. uh in this movie, and she's able to tell a story that feel it does have that authentic feel to uh, i feel like the people the, the people I was friends with in in senior uh senior years certainly. Uh, you know I felt I was like oh god yeah we were all like smart asses like that Um, and maybe sometimes we actually could be funny um, but then also there are a lot of things about the world you don't get yet
0: right right Uh,
1: but you know I think it, it. another brief sidebar thing the movie does very well is give a series of early aught signifiers
0: oh but not in a super obvious way
1: no no there's like a group of girls wearing sequined uh, "Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy" tank tops at a school dance. There was a very meaningful um, listen to the song "Crash." Oh by Oh my Dave god, that, mo-
0: that moment was amazing. Um, we, I feel like we recently watched a movie that had a really obvious. Oh, it was the one the Jenny Slate movie where they were like it was the nineties, but oh, it was landline. The, it's just so subtle. Like I've also been like listening to musical cues in movies. Um, too much where they're, some, they're ruining a lot of movies for me where it's like mm. it keeps coming on and, I, and it's just it's too much. Um, and that one felt like it was really heavy-handed. And this one, the crash-in-the-me moment, even though it's like so obvious and it's mm-hmm. so like blatant, it was so funny and oh, yeah. so amazing. Oh, it hits hard. It, it hits really hard. does.
1: And so, you're, so, <laughs> so you feel like, so this is a movie that I think, you know. so you're saying that this is a movie that could be enjoyed by you as a grown adult woman. As much as it could be enjoyed mm-hmm. by a teenager. Which is
0: why it's brilliant. Yes. Um, I I didn't relate with the main character. I was not that like um, sassy, rebellious um, as she was, but um, but it definitely felt, you know, relatable and understandable. And it didn't feel like a, a character um, that, I don't know. There were people in my high school like that, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they way were. cooler than me. <laughs> um, and I, I like the way that it didn't. It doesn't like. Um, this isn't. San- it doesn't sanitize like teenage sexuality at all. Um, there are complex relationships that she has um, with both um, Timothy.
1: Mm-hmm. Timothy Tim- Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet.
0: Um, who is just a little dreamboat. Mm-hmm. And um,
1: real swaggy.
0: Yeah, very much. So, so different from his role in uh, Call Me By Your Name. But we'll get to that next week or guess. next to that in a couple of weeks. Uh,
1: So you went to Catholic school. I did. I did. And uh, Vulture ran a piece um, listing like the 10 most Catholic school things that Lady Bird gets right. You you weren't a big fan of that piece. No, I
0: didn't. So,
1: so let's have you weigh in. How, how does <laughs> how does Lady Bird compare to your experience at Catholic high school since you were only just a few years earlier than this movie uh, is set?
0: Uh, there was a girl at my school... Um, who there was always a rumor that she had a tanning bed in her house. <laughs> You're kidding me! Guys,
1: this is, this is a very funny joke within There's the movie. There's
0: no way she's listening. Her name was Jacinda Gruley and everyone was like, her grandmother bought her a tanning bed. Guys, There's find her on Facebook. Her send her a message. <laughs> she was, I was not friends nor enemies with her. Um, I just know that was a story.
1: That's a tough name. The first name, Jacinda, is so pretty, but Gruley. Jesus. Yeah.
0: Indeed. That doesn't
1: get much uglier than that as a last name. She, uh, I'm sure she married young to get rid of that.
0: <laughs> right. Or oh, well, like, she tanned it away, maybe. <laughs> um, and I think that maybe not her, but one of her friends did have like the big SUV. Um, mm-hmm. We definitely had skirt checks where you, you got to check the how short your skirt was. So that part was that was part was part accurate.
1: And did you know girls who would do the rolling thing to make I it? I did the rolling thing. That was you? I did the rolling thing. <laughs> you little I minx.
0: <laughs> 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 I mean, you had to. Like, they come, they come with, like, this, like, four-inch part before the pleats even start, like, from the waist down. And you that's just ridiculous. And yes. so you, uh, yeah, you always have to roll it. Um, I mean, some rolled higher than others, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I was out on the high roller <laughs> side. I was not a tastefully high roll.
1: Sure, a sensible um, roll. Just
0: a sensible roll. It's enough to play soccer. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess my high school was, like, kind of similar in that it was, like, not, like, super old traditional. Like, they had a lot of these sort of... Um, I don't know, like it had like a light airy feel to it, um, but yeah, no, I think that it it, it got got it pretty the, like the uh, part where the the woman comes and talks about abortions, oh, um, yeah. that definitely was on point. Mm. Um, the some some of the religious songs were on point, um, but yeah, I think it I think it captured it pretty well. Um, it did feel like very much. It felt like almost like an any high school sort of situation. Maybe because it was a California school where it feels oh. like maybe their Catholic schools feel more like public schools. Um, but yeah No I think I think I got it Right I can't or, think of anything else In particular well, um, Probably with the extra considerations Oh of the just... cool nun Oh that but, yeah That was
1: Oh yeah Was that what Lois Smith Yeah Again she, our, yeah. our girl from Marjorie Prime she,
0: Yeah She uh, has this, um, We We uh, <laughs> We used to play pranks on our Latin teacher all the time, and they play a prank here. Oh, my God. I just remember this. Uh, they play a prank here on, on one of their like favorite nuns, and mm-hmm. uh, it was a very similar situation where we had it sitting down afterwards, and I was like, well, you didn't know that I almost dosed you with acid, because that's something <laughs> that you think is funny when you're in high school. I was terrible. <laughs> we didn't do it, of course, because it's illegal and it's yeah, terrible. The important but thing is that you're growing up now. We <laughs> did some other things, so don't drink that water. <laughs> oh my God.
1: Uh yeah. And what about the um like the hanging up of the uniform and all that stuff and, and the I always uh... hung my uniform
0: up. Oh okay. Uh, that, that that tracks. <laughs> that does track. That does track. Um Uh yeah. So I think that I think that it's a it's unfortunate that like we have to review, at least for me personally, that we have to review this after three billboards mm-hmm. because I would have been like clearly this is an energy change. Yeah. Um this movie is fantastic. There's no way you should skip it. This movie I love it. Binge it
1: for sure. This movie has pulled off what may be a historic feat, which is that 134 reviews tabulated, it remains 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. I just looked today, 134 reviews, 100%, no Rotten. Wow. I'm sure Armon White will come like rolling in sure. a day now and I like can <laughs> tell everyone why uh, Before I Wake or whatever is a better teen movie than this. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, it is... It is just a sheer, complete delight. Her point of view, her perspective is so, like, she knows of what she speaks. Mm -hmm. She has such affection for everything in the story. Mm -hmm. I think, I feel like it's a very relatable story. I feel like, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone, uh, you know, has faced that junction at one point or another in life where you're sort of trying to break out on your own, but then also looking where you've come from and the family that you're preparing to try to hack away. And you have these complicated relationships with them. And uh and uh and you know, there's there's perspective shifts here. Uh, you know, like Ladybird comes to try to understand where her mom's coming from and, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. her mom has to sort of contemplate where Ladybird's coming from and mm-hmm. everything is just perfect.
0: Yeah, this movie doesn't really get anything wrong and mm-hmm. let- and when you like, if uh, there and then their performances that push it over the edge. Laurie Metcalf is what pushes it into a level that's just. It's not just a movie that's perfect. It's perfect plus plus this.
1: Yeah, it's perfect plus this like Oscar worthy performance, mm-hmm. and uh, and and Saoirse Ronan, uh, oh, your girl, uh, uh which is. I mean, coming off of... This is this is such an unexpected performance from her because she does tend to get cast in a lot of period pieces.
0: Mm, yeah, she's so precious.
1: Yeah, and she she can look very, you know, like we all saw in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. you know, two years ago or three years ago, or how long ago that was. Uh, you know, she just seems so of that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and now here she and is. she's in
0: a different period piece, which is the early aughts. <laughs> which is the early aughts. She, a very, that very much that look. <laughs> she, has, she has that early aughts Avril so Lavigne look. So, she, so she's on track. Right. She's staying in the...
1: I mean, this is... She, I mean, she could have wrecked this movie if she didn't know how to just... hide that Irish accent? How, that, and also to nail the exact humor tone mm-hmm. that Greta Gerwig was going for. Yeah. Um, and to never play anything too broad, to never be too, like, winky or too self-satisfied. Um, just, she just plays her so, so... Perfectly. Perfect is a word that keeps coming up with this movie. And even A.O. Scott of the New York Times called it perfect in a wild, right. in a wild, unusual, ravey gush, <laughs> uh, which he doesn't usually give. So uh, fucking Ladybird. I yeah. mean, this is also going to be in my top five, maybe top three. Mm,
0: top three? Well. Wow. Maybe. Um, it is rated R for language, sexual content, brief graphic nudity, and teen partying. Gotta love that teen partying. Wild. And that brings us to our last movie of the week, which is The Square. Christian is a respected curator of a contemporary art museum, a divorced but devoted father of two who drives an electric car and supports good causes. His new show is The Square, an installation which invites passers-by to altruism, reminding them of their role as responsible fellow human beings. But sometimes it's difficult to live up to your own ideals. Christian's foolish response to the theft of his phone drags him into shameful situations. Meanwhile, the museum's PR agency has created an unexpected campaign for The Square. The response is overblown and sends Christian, as well as the museum, into an existential crisis.
1: What are the biggest challenges in running a museum?
0: We're a museum of modern and contemporary art, so we need to present art that is the art of today, art that is absolutely cutting edge, and the competition is fierce. If you place an object in a museum, Mm. for instance, if we took your bag and placed it here, would that make it art? Ah. okay so this was like the first new movie I saw um, in the list of all the movies we've seen kind of this past week Um, so this one had the benefit of of being untainted by uh, yeah anything else Um, and we have the story I think the synopsis actually tells a lot of this Um, basically you're introduced to Christian um, in an interview that he's given uh, giving to a, a magazine um, a reporter played by Elizabeth Moss. So you seem trying to run this this museum. and I think that there this is a movie that reminds me um, of the lobster.
1: Mm, mm-hmm.
0: It's not quite you know it doesn't have that like alternate reality that the lobster has. But it has this like, deadpan. This subtle, yeah, deadpan, subtle awfulness of people um, going on that I that I this movie I I laughed a lot at this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, like right off the bat, you're you're into this situation where you see this this thing called the square, and, it, and you know it's about uh, how you're supposed to. Uh, within the square, you're safe, and um, you have to care for each other. Yeah, it's it's very like if
1: someone asks for help, you have to give it to them.
0: Right. Very. Um. It's very obvious. And then as people are walking past it There's this woman running And like screaming for help And like people kind of stop and, and But then they keep walking And then they kind of stop And then they keep walking And I wasn't sure if this was like specifically a satire of swedish culture there are a lot of things here that i'm not sure if it's like swedish specific
1: right. this is a swedish movie guys uh mm-hmm. it takes place in stockholm a lot of it is in english but it's from a swedish director named um ruben ostland who previously made force majeure which is fucking mm. amazing is
0: that the one with the a tidal wave or the uh, avalanche this, yeah avalanche yeah yes um, where
1: where a man abandons his family
0: yeah basically it's like these these uh people who are men particularly. No, yeah <laughs> men who are fine good people but when faced with the with one, like, a decision that's a little bit complicated, make the wrong choice over and over again, which I think is relatable to everyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have recently had some moments where I've been, like, I generally try so hard to do a good job, and then, like, I was faced with, like, a what do I do? And, like, immediately made the wrong decision. Um, or you or got to prepare yourself for those things. You
1: do. And I think, you know, with the Force Majeure protagonist and with Christian and in uh, The Square, these are both... Um, you know, well-to-do white men mm-hmm. who I think uh, don't know themselves very well.
0: Right, right. And
1: uh, so, you know, I'm sure the man in Force Majeure would have said, oh, I'm a very loving, committed, you know, uh, husband and father until uh, there's a, a snow avalanche during which he literally runs from his wife and children, with uh, <laughs> makes no effort uh, to save them. They are fine, and it creates a very weird pall over the family <laughs> and the rest of their ski vacation. Uh, in this film, we have this this you know this very just gorgeous sophisticated chic well groomed uh his, his cult- hair is oh, amazing ridiculous his hair
0: is so perfect
1: he looks amazing, and we watch him go through quite a journey from looking so amazing uh and uh and so you know he's this you know this very important cultural man and uh curating this museum and doing this whole installation about yeah about community and about um you know sort of this utopian ideal Mm -hmm. of the way that all people should work together for the great for the common good um but then he does not himself realize how out of touch he is right
0: so like as we were mentioning this opening scene where like um this woman's asking for help and People sort of stop. They don't. They sort of stop. They don't. Um, and then she finally comes running into the scene and she runs into this man and she's like, help me. He's going to kill me. And you hear like another guy kind of screaming in the background. Like you can tell he's coming towards them. And this guy loops in Christian to help him uh, like stop the guy when the guy finally comes in the frame. And he's like obviously chasing this woman with intention to hurt her. And they, they, they stop him. Um, and then they spend the next, like, five minutes congratulating themselves <laughs> about what a great job they did stopping him. And like never check to see the woman. Yeah. You never see the woman again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then at that point, you find out that his like wallet and his phone have been stolen. And, which his, kind of, and his cufflinks. And his cufflinks. <laughs> which right, is Because who has cufflinks? <laughs> which is hilarious. Um, and then he, like, is, thinks is the whole story. He, like, tells the whole story to all of his coworkers. And it really sets off a whole chain of events where he tries to get his wallet back. Mm. And you see all these things that he does along the way where he continues to make the wrong decision. And just be like a complete jerk,
1: right? And just just aware, just unaware of the of the dissonance uh, between this project. That he is working on. That's all about basically the antithesis of how he himself is behaving. Right. Exactly. And uh, so lots of lots of class humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, him just being terrified of this like working class apartment building he has to go into or chooses to go into, and basically mm-hmm. accuse every single resident of having stolen his things.
0: Right. And then the way that he like the movie focuses a lot with like like people on the street mm-hmm. um, and how people are just like like stepping over homeless people and then like looking at this art. Um, and then I don't know. I feel like there def- there's definitely like some like art world jokes in here. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, it remind
1: me of nocturnal animals a little bit. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. Um, there's this like then there are these mo- so those moments are like kind of these like you know tight funny um, uh, you know again like dissonance between what the- what these people are saying that they're doing and what they actually do. And then there are these like crazy like uh, absurd moments of this like performance of this man who is like sort of acting like an ape um and how he terrorizes all these museum patrons then you have when uh christian ends up um hanging out with elizabeth moss who has an actual chimp in her home with no reason or explanation never explained um who likes to put on lipstick um it's just these really yeah. strange moments that happen um this movie and, is unexpectedly exciting
1: and it seems like with with both um with the chimp roommate <laughs> and uh and with the so this this monkey man um centerpiece scene has gotten some press on mm. vulture i had several coworkers ask me if i'd seen the movie yet because they were so excited just based on vulture's article about the monkey man scene the monkey
0: man scene is so hard to watch
1: it's really painful uh and uh, and apparently that actor is um he was like the um the actor who played kong in kong skull island oh
0: so he has experience mm-hmm. acting he's as experienced an- he's experienced. i mean it's very it's very convincing it's very oh, terrifying yeah.
1: oh it's intense and, and again, uh,
0: seeing how people react yeah. there, it's a lot of those. It those... seems like it plays at
1: civility, I think. But in those mm-hmm. things, there is like man mm-hmm. versus animal, sort of like man, you know, the 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 sophisticated, uh, uh, you know, front self versus right. sort of like the animal ego. Id, and then like the protection, uh, you know, uh, it's 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 playing, especially in with art being in some ways the ultimate embodiment of that pretension right like the pretension right. of civility mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. um and then um which makes that climatic even though scene... you see that
0: when the when the monkey's playing drawing with the crayons
1: <laughs> it really brought the Jerry blank in you You're like it the really monkey's did. drawing with crayons <laughs> i loved it um and uh you know which which in this climatic monkey man scene happens at like a super in a like a gorgeously well-appointed ballroom mm-hmm. with all these society people and then they are confronted by this this artist who's basically what appears to have lost his mind, and have com- has committed too deeply. He's gone in he's gone in too deep on his uh, on his performance as an ape, and begins to terrorize all of them. And then, in a sort of what feels like a sociological commentary, absolutely, um, they all just start to like stare straight down, which a hundred percent is what I do when I'm on like Muni and there is a, a mentally unwell person sure. who is shouting or and there's. There's also a scene where Dominic West plays an artist who's being interviewed, and there's a man with Tourette's in the audience who is yelling horrible things.
0: Oh, I forgot about that. Uh, Um, But yeah, yeah. that's that's the other thing, too. It's like, oh, if if I was in a situation where this man was there terrorizing Mm. people, this is what I would do. But then nobody does any... I mean, it's it's definitely... I, I thought when I going into that scene I, I I was expecting to hate it. It seemed like a like a very like indie movie like art world criticism, but it mm. ended up being so good, um so powerful. And yeah. then it ends in like a really hilarious way. Well, like the uh, the next scene ends up being really hilarious to me. I thought it was funny at least.
1: To me, the funniest scene uh, is there's a scene where Christian um, calls someone to apologize for a terrible thing he's done. Yeah. And uh, and he sent, well, he sends him a video message of himself apologizing. And he starts off by apologizing in a pretty direct, simple way. And but, then. But then he starts to like contextualize the whole situation <laughs> and just starts to like pontificate the way that we do on this very show. Uh, he starts to, he's like, well, let me consider the class implications and really the responsibility of community is. And by the way, the person he's leaving this message for is a child.
0: Who also has an amazing performance. He, like, this child, um, basically, this kid. So when he when Christian goes and, and le- accuses this whole building of stealing his wallet, this kid, um, his parents think the note's just for him, and then he gets punished for what they think is stealing this guy's wallet. So this kid sends this note that's like meet me at the Seven Eleven, which is where Christian's supposed to meet the person who drops off his stuff, and then he manages to just like shake down Christian's assistant who goes to like meet this kid, and it just with a real fervor and like, a real adult energy, yeah, is just the kid's upset. terrifying. The kid's, the kid's terrifying. really terrifying. It was, very, amazing performance. it was
1: very Rebecca. Good vibes. <laughs>
0: If only. I know you need to watch throwing this again. stuff around, I'll be throwing giant <laughs> vibrator displays all over the floor. I'm just, I'm
1: just tipping them right over. I actually
0: should do the monkey man performance.
1: Oh yeah. Just go there and walk out the new movie. Nope, new one.
0: <laughs> um, there's this whole other part of the movie where um this PR agency, who I think that's another part when they they interact with these two guys in the PR agency, um, which is another like art world discussion, um. And they decide to make this viral YouTube video for the museum, which no one's really paying attention to. And they think it's like really like lit and like people are going to love it. uh, But like in a very less American way than I just said. Um, And it ends up being hilarious and terrible. And then finally, that's sort of like the other thing that is is, goes so wrong that Christian has to sort of like pay for his. Yes. And and part
1: of the reason it goes so wrong is because Christian has been so um, distracted by his whole like pursuit, getting his phone back,
0: right? Like he uh, just like sign blindly signs off on this terrible right. while, video idea. While
1: all of his colleagues are trying to get his attention, he'd be like, "No, could you please?" And he's just like, "Oh no no no, it's good, it's good, it's good." And right. the two, these two like young douchebags from like the marketing yes. agency, were so, so perfect, so, so on point, good. so on point.
0: Um, this movie, uh, it's also getting a binge for me. Is it? Yeah, I really loved it. Um, I thought it was really funny.
1: To me, uh. So okay, this movie is two and a half hours long, and huh, I didn't uh, feel like it
0: to me. Oh, that's
1: I mean, that's I mean, it, you could really. Oh, it was sh- in
0: Swedish time, so it was it, an hour fifteen.
1: <laughs> it really, it's, it was in kroner time. It really, <laughs> it really shows that you watch this before you watch all these other movies. I think that mm. if you watch it after, maybe you would have had billboards? like if you'd watch it after that, maybe you would have had like not as uh, shining uh, an opinion of it. If only because I think okay, so to me, I definitely felt the time. Um, I felt like it was rambling hmm. a bit. I thought it, it's 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 sprawling is a good word for this movie. It's a big mm. kind of sprawling movie. It can meander a little bit. Um, I think that it kind of uh, overstates its point hmm. Uh, hmm. a little bit. Uh, so for me, this movie is a consume plus. No,
0: oh, interesting. interesting. Uh,
1: it's yeah. It's just not. Uh, I just feel like it could have been tighter. It could have been more hmm. focused. Maybe that, maybe I just
0: have more time to to spend. <laughs> 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 um, I guess I just kept being delighted mm-hmm. Like regularly in a way that it didn't drag on for me Every
1: time you start to fade a little They just bring that shit back, back out. Exactly <laughs> it gets me every You time. Just start clapping
0: Yeah I don't know This definitely gets um, uh, a binge it I think that like I, for a moment I definitely felt You know guilty for having my Watching all these movies in the same time Color each other My excitement for them I mean mm-hmm. they're all getting binge it Three billboards getting a binge it plus but the first I mean, ever in binge history we're all in yeah i think so yeah it might be even the first time i've ever given three binges. Oh, yeah, um, probably and but <laughs> i mean here's the thing if you're seeing movies regularly you're going to be in the same experience you're going to be watching these movies here's the thing i would definitely say you could save the square like maybe wait till that comes out on video but mm. definitely see it yeah but it doesn't have to be like three Billboards you've seen in, in the theater lady bird yeah definitely see it now um, Yes. I maybe maybe save uh, maybe save the square for uh, a rainy Friday night with some pizza and stay home and and laugh.
1: Yeah, although I do think it's also the kind of movie that probably it, it benefits from being seen in a theater where you don't get to like be distracted by your phone.
0: No, oh, I didn't. I wasn't distracted at all. Huh. Oh, you well, really? You were in it. That was into it. Did
1: you watch Force Major yet?
0: No, I haven't. Oh, well, now got, I'm going to. You got to watch Force Major. This better not be a Thor one <laughs> situation. <laughs> Um. So the square is rated R for language, some strong sexual content, and brief violence, and that's it. That's it. Those are our three movies. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the binge. Be sure to subscribe uh, on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Jason's on uh, Twitter at excess I'm at fight balance. Thank you so much for listening. Bye guys. Bye bye. Binging
1: on movies with Rebecca and Jason
0: You made it to the end, that's amazing! There goes goes the binge.
1: binge!